Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church. I'm Colby. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I would love for you and your family to join us on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're working on a special service that'll be from my home to your home. So we'd love for you to share our Christmas Eve service or be a part of it, share it with family and friends, and just invite them to be a part of the process because I think that this Christmas, we need Jesus more than ever. We spent the last three weeks talking about Christmas, about, about actually how Jesus came to save us, that his name, Yeshua, the Lord saves, means that he thought of you and I, the, the fact that we need to be rescued this Christmas. We talked about that, that God is Emmanuel, that Jesus is God with us, that he's the incarnation, that he actually became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We also talked about the fact that Christmas costs something, that Christmas costs something this year to follow Christ. It looks like having the courage to celebrate Christ this year. But it gets me asked this question, you know, in a pandemic, what are the things that we're celebrating? That I find that this year, more than ever, it is hard to celebrate Christ this Christmas. It's going to be hard to celebrate knowing that our families are far from us, that we're isolated and alone and separate from our families, people that we love, people we have in our homes. That Christmas is going to look a lot different this year because of a pandemic. But ask the question of what are we celebrating? I know this past year for my family, for myself, it's been full of ups and downs, full of great moments and terrifying moments. Last Christmas, um, as we were looking into 2020, we said, you know, we're supposed to be planting a physical service on Easter Sunday. And so my wife and I had this great idea. I said, you know, next year or maybe the next five years, we might not have a lot of time off. You know, we might be really consumed by starting a church, building community, getting to know people, that, that we're going to give them a great Christmas gift last year. And they came out, I'll never forget last year, when they were opening their stockings in their bedrooms. They all opened their stockings in their bedrooms, their stockings on the edge of their bed. And I could just hear them giggling. Oh my, I got this. Oh, I got this. Oh, I got, oh my goodness, I got this. I can't believe this. And then they, they barge in after they've done, gone through their stockings. They barge into our door and say, we want to open our gifts. Can we come out now? And so, we, okay, hold on. So we got them back in their bedrooms. And we go and we set up the tree and all the, the gifts. And because we knew that 2020 for our family would have been Consumed by a church. We thought it was going to be really difficult for our kids. Their dad might not be around as much as he's been in the past. That we got them Disneyland tickets. And they came out and they said, like, what are these balloons for? They just walked right by it. But when they found out the gift that we gave them was um, a couple of day passes to Disneyland and, and flights, that there was so much joy. They were so ecstatic. Right? Like, you don't have to teach kids Joy. They just have it. It's like just bubbling up in them. Like it just, you know, as soon as they get something, especially on Christmas morning, like maybe for you and for myself, we can look at Christmas and say, man, these are moments where maybe we felt a lot of joy from getting a gift, a gift that we thought we weren't going to get. 
right? It's, there's joy in seeing our kids open up a gift last Christmas, knowing that 2020 is going to be really hard. We didn't know it was going to be this hard, this difficult. But to see their joy was so captivating. We were watching the video a couple of days ago and just looking through it and saying, like, you know, the kids are like, what, what are these gift cards? Like, what is this? You know, what are these balloons for? Why is there a Mickey Mouse balloon in their living room? It's like, could you just take a second and just read that? Read the little card that says you have three days at Disneyland. They're like, oh, we're going there? Oh my goodness. But I think about how this Christmas, I know that we've all been through hardships. <laughs> we've all been through ups and downs that we actually need to celebrate Christ this Christmas. And I think in celebrating Christ, it can actually bring us out of sorrow into joy. They say that that celebration brings joy into our sorrow and it brings us out of our sorrow. It brings fullness into our lives. That celebrating the right things, that actually having Christmas parties, that's the reason why people have Christmas parties, is because it brings joy into the midst of feeling alone at Christmas. That so many people whether you're in a pandemic or not, feel alone at Christmas. That celebration is at the heart of the way of following Christ. That it's actually a spiritual discipline in the church for hundreds of years that celebrating has become a part of our tradition that I don't think we talk a lot about. That Jesus in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, when he entered into the world on a high note of of jubilation of praise, it says here that I will bring good news of great joy. See, the news about Jesus, the thing that we celebrate this Christmas should bring us into joy. Those who have faith in him, that when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, when we celebrate him this Christmas, when things look a little bit bleak, a little bit different for you, that it would bring us into to joy. Not a manufactured joy. I think some people, some, some people I know who like um, follow Christ, right? And they have like this fake smile on their face all the time. Like it's just, everything's great. We're not talking like about that. We're talking about a real depth of joy in the midst of a really hard time. See, what, when Jesus, when he is leaving the world, he kind of gives us, he's bequeathing his joy to his disciples in John 15, verse 11. And he says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Right? What he's talking about here is that there's a joy that Christ should bring to your life, even in the hardest times. When you look back over Jesus' disciples, his followers, Right? They were all persecuted and died for their faith, and yet they still had joy. It's not a robotic joy. It's not like you just walk around, you're smiling, and you're like, you know, holding your face in this weird posture, even though deep down you're maybe like a little bit like dying inside. You're not masking your sadness or despair. It's not just blind optimism. Right? I think about this in the movie, one of my favorite movies from Pixar called Inside Out, where 
There's a scene where joy is constantly trying to minimize sadness, right? I love that, where it's like in the very beginning of the scenes of the movie where joy never wants sadness to touch the control panels. Like, don't touch anything. You're going to wreck everything. We need to have, you know, their whole, her whole life is filled with joy. You see, it almost, in the movie Inside Out, joy is constantly undermining sadness, as if sadness is a negative emotion, a negative damaging emotion. See, finally in the movie, if you watched it, you should go watch it, it's amazing. Joy finally realizes the importance of sadness, that the natural emotion in the face of, of loss and the one that actually helps Riley, the kid in the movie, appreciate loving bonds and return to her family is, is understanding the depths of sadness. See, joy was controlling her life, but they, they find out that to have true joy, you still have to actually have sadness in her life. I think sometimes for Christians, we fake joy. We don't understand the lament or the sorrow or the despair we can feel, not to like wallow in it and like, oh, look how, how sad we are, but to understand that even in the midst of of sorrow and sadness, we can still find joy in Christ, especially this Christmas, especially in a pandemic. I think we look back on this year and realize how hard it has been, but we can celebrate Christ knowing that our joy is found in Him and Him alone. I want to look today at at what does it look like to celebrate Jesus And again, I want to look at this passage one last time in Matthew's gospel. Matthew is an eyewitness account to to Christ, a follower of Jesus. In chapter 1, verse 18, and it's the nativity of Christ. It says here in verse 18, it says, The birth of Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him, and he married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until after she gave birth to a son, and they named him Jesus. You see, I think when, when you want to know what to celebrate this Christmas— when you, if you want to know what to celebrate in a pandemic, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So it says in verse 18, it says the birth of Jesus came about this way. You see, it's the birth of Christ that gives us hope, that gives us joy. It's not that he just came to be a baby. It's that he came to be on a mission to save people from their sins, to save you and I from from death and despair. 
You look at, there's 48 prophecies in the Old Testament. And this is, I think, the reason why we need to celebrate Christ as Christmas, because he came to save us from our sin, but he came because it's true. Right? There's 48 prophecies in the Old Testament. And the odds of them coming true, of all 48 prophecies, which they do come true in Christ, they say is one in a trillion times 13. See, the odds of just eight of those prophecies coming true would be the same as if you took loonies and put them two feet tall across the state of Texas. You took someone, you blindfolded them, you said, hey, okay, go out there, and I've, I've put, I've like flew a plane over and dropped a toonie somewhere, and that blindfolded person is walking through all of Texas, <laughs> two feet full of loonies, and they find a toonie. They find a coin that's unlike the other loonies. Like, that's the odds of just eight of those prophecies being true, not 48. See, I think we celebrate knowing that this Christmas, the impossible became possible. You look at, like, statistically that this should have happened, that it happened because God loves you and I so much. He wants to save us from our sin and our brokenness, our despair. He wants to give us a hope. He wants to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. See, we celebrate this year the birth of Christ knowing that the Lord saves us. That his name, Yeshua, means the Lord saves. See, we find joy this Christmas knowing that we are saved. We put our faith and trust in him. Right? It's a simple thing as, you know, having faith means that you're putting trust in an object and that object is Jesus. Like when I go to the office of the Landmark Tower 3, right, when I get into the elevator, I don't test that elevator, I just walk into it. Right? Maybe I should test it. Maybe I should jump on it. Maybe I should jump up and down to see if like the cables are, are tight enough. I'm putting trust in a cable to hold up that elevator. Right? When you go to you know, a supermarket and ride an escalator up to the second story of a, of a department store, or if you get in a car, you're, like, you're putting trust in brakes. See, for us, we're, our salvation isn't based on what we can achieve, but what we receive through Christ. See, we find joy this Christmas knowing that Jesus came to seek and save us. We also celebrate knowing that God is with us. See, it says in verse 23 in this passage, it's from Isaiah 14, verse 7. It says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they'll name him Emmanuel, which is God with us. See, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes in this moment, but it might not feel like God is anywhere near you or with you. I know that more people than ever at Christmas feel alone. They say statistically people feel so alone at Christmas. And well, that's because you go on Instagram, you see other people's amazing photos and their amazing Christmas tree and their amazing house and everything that's incredible and you just feel like, man, I don't, you know, when I look at comparison of someone else's life, it's such a thief. When I look at my life over the last year and how lonely you potentially have been, People feel lonely at Christmas. 
I think especially in this Christmas, people will feel alone. But God, is, but God came to earth. The fact of that is it's reminding you that this Christmas, that he's always with you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you feel, it's a fact, whether or not you believe it or not, that Jesus became the God who is with us. That we'd have joy knowing that God's presence trumps our tragedy. His presence, that's what we can celebrate this Christmas. That one of the greatest promises in the Bible is that when you put your faith in Jesus, he will never leave you or forsake you. It shows up in this amazing passage in Isaiah. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. It says in verse, chapter 43, verse 3, it says here, when you, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. See, what God's trying to tell you to remind you to celebrate this Christmas is that he's with you. He's with you in the depths of the waters or the fire of your life. I know this, this past year has been hard on, on me and my family. And I was sitting in a dentist's office a couple days ago and uh, this person who was working there who knows me came up and said, you know, um, I don't know how we could get through this moment without Jesus. She kind of whispered because she didn't want anyone else to hear it, right? She's like, I don't know what people would do if they didn't have Jesus in their life. And I was like, I think that people feel like they have not a lot of hope. That they're in, there's major despair. One of my other friends talked about how a lot of his friends are contemplating or he's seen more suicides in this past year than he's seen in, in the last 10, 15 years. It's a hard time. And I think in your hardship, in your struggle, in your aloneness this Christmas, to know that God is with you. See, we can find joy this Christmas knowing that Christ is with us. And if you believe in him, he's for you. He's walking alongside you in your hardships. We also celebrate this year knowing what it takes to follow him. It takes courage. It takes courage to say that you're going to follow Christ in a world that doesn't understand Christ. See, the burden of this world, which I think a lot of people are facing this year, is that you have to achieve everything that you get. The house you want, you have to achieve it. You have to work more hours or find another job or find a better job or make more money. The life you want, right? Just go to Indigo. Like the self-help section is huge. That if you want a certain quality of life, you have to actually achieve it. And Christianity is the only religion in the world where you don't have to achieve anything. You just receive the grace of God. But it still takes courage to receive a gift. It still takes courage to receive faith in Christ. See, Joseph had the courage to follow when he didn't know the outcome. All he knew was he was going to face the disgrace of the world. 
Think about Mary. She had the courage to follow when she'd felt the disgrace of her own husband. See, we can find courage this Christmas because of the grace we've been given in Christ. Because of the grace that we find ultimately in Jesus. That we have joy understanding what he has done for us in our place. We have joy knowing that we should, have, we should, we should get the wrath of God, but we get the grace of God instead because of his life, because of Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection that overcomes sin, Satan, and death. We can find joy in that. We find joy this Christmas in the courage it takes to follow Christ. I think about joy and how so often we think about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that joy so often is the motor that it's the thing that keeps everything else going. That They say that in, in research that if you don't find joy in doing something, that you probably won't finish it. You might start it, but to finish it, right, you need to have like that, that daily habit. They say about reading your Bible, right? If you don't find joy in getting into the Word, reading the Bible, that's why we, this Christmas we want people to get into John Piper's devotional because I think for us that we need to find joy, especially at Christmas, of getting into the Word of God. They said any habit, like I hate running. I hate running right? But I also like being alone. So it's like almost like a gift to myself. I hate the idea of running, but I like the idea of being alone. It's like a trade-off. But there's ways for me to like try to bring joy in the midst of my run, right? Things like I'll say like, okay, I'll, I'll go for a run. I only can listen to podcasts if I'm exercising. So what does it do? It makes me want to exercise, or they say at the end of a run or end of a, a workout, if you give yourself a little piece of chocolate, right, you'll probably end up working out more times that week because there's joy attached to a discipline. They say we don't so often make goals fun. We make goals miserable. Look at like a Tough mutter or a Spartan race, right? Like it's not bad enough to run a marathon, but we have to run a marathon while people are yelling at us and we're getting electrocuted by things and we're, you know, running through fire, which is pretty awesome. But I think we so often don't make our, our goals fun or have joy in them. I think this Christmas will look different no matter what, but I would love for you and I, for actually us to celebrate this Christmas Christ. And here's a couple of things that I think would help us as we prepare. I think that for us to have joy this Christmas that we're going to have to prepare as a church. We have to prepare to bring good news to our neighborhood. We have to prepare our festivities. Because it's going to look different this year. I think we could potentially miss joy this Christmas if we don't be prepared. I think one of the ways it looks like is laughing together. You know, preparing yourself to, to be full of, of laughter. I think about our house that, that my kids, it's so funny if we'll be driving in the van and my kid just says something out loud. They think it's funny. 
and all of a sudden you get this, this laughter that's rolling and you can't control it. And all of a sudden everyone, it's like so contagious that everyone starts laughing. It's the smallest little things. But maybe for you and your family, it means like we're going to watch a movie together that's going to lead us into laughing together. I remember a couple of years ago that, that my kids have no problem, sorry, my kids have no problem with this. They have no problem with laughter. Right? I remember days ago, my wife was like, I'm like, guys, be quiet. And Lori's like, what do you mean? Like, stop having fun? <laughs> right? I'm like, what about our tenants downstairs? Like, they can hear this. Like, you guys are being maniacs. See, so the thing, the first part of, of, of celebrating looks like preparing yourself to laugh. Other one is singing together. Maybe at Christmas, this year on Christmas Eve, sing a couple Christmas carols. Or go on our YouTube channel and find some Christmas carols that we've sang and sing along with us. Maybe even our Christmas Eve service, make that part of your family tradition where you're going like, to just sing along to the songs even though I know what it feels like to sing along in a house. It's, it feels weird. I'm not saying this is a, a normal year, but maybe just sing along with us. That I think that in our homes, to not be super quiet, but to actually have full of noise this Christmas, to have, have this sound, to have singing a part of our tradition. That's the part I love about Christmas Eve services, that I love being a part of Christmas Eve services because so often it's about the uh, candlelit service and people's voices singing and declaring that Christ is King, that we have hope in the midst of darkness. That's where candlelit services came from, that in the night watch, that light overcame darkness. It could also look like like feasting, like celebrating. You know, one of my friends said that, you know, he was like, why do you, a couple years ago, he was like, why do you guys celebrate with like a turkey? Like, go get a prime rib. And then, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like turkey. Like, every time I eat turkey, I always think about, like, Christmas vacation when he's, like, carving the turkey and he just cuts right into it. It's like, Psh! just dried out. Like, turkey is only good when it's covered full of gravy. But prime rib is good all the time. Right? For us, maybe it means looking at, at Christmas and preparing a great bottle of wine or a great bottle of beer or... You know, things that make it special for our senses. I think it looks like having a feast with your family, <laughs> even with just two people. Candle at dinner, make it romantic. doesn't really matter, but I think that how can we bring this aspect of celebrating Christ into even the way we eat our food? If you go to a high-end restaurant, right, the way they plate the food is remarkable because the way you you eat does matter the way you bring your senses out. I think about giving great gifts, not holding back. <laughs> but gifts doesn't actually always mean possessions. It could mean a gift of time or a gift of presence. I think that we want to be a church that gives great gifts, not just to our family, but to our neighbors. Maybe it's a note to your neighbor. Maybe it's like a, a hand-drawn thing by your kids. Or maybe it's baked goods. Maybe it's shoveling a driveway. I don't know what it is, but we should give gifts this Christmas to celebrate Christ. 
I think about even using our creativity that God made us creative. That maybe this Christmas, when you read the Christmas story, when you read in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20, or Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, right? Read it or listen to it on an app. Have the kids draw it out. Have the kids, if you have kids, reenact it out. Maybe at the end of when you read out the Christmas story, you ask questions like, what am I thankful to God this year for? Maybe you ask a question like, what am I going to give Jesus for his birthday? You think about how Christ, he lived and he died and he rose again, that he actually died on the cross for our sins. But this Christmas, how can we rededicate our lives to him? How can we look at our lives and say, maybe this year we've wandered a bit. How can we follow him? How can we be a part of a church that wants to plant churches in Kelowna? Think about our church that the reason why we're planting a church in Kelowna is because we think that there's 100,000 people who go nowhere. People who are potentially hopeless. That we want to bring the light into the darkness in those people's lives. See, when you prepare this Christmas, it allows us to experience the joy that we're celebrating in Christ. The joy in the midst of sorrow. God, see, God knows what you're feeling. See, you think about Jesus. <laughs> like, he suffered. And he died and he overcame death. You think about the sorrow he felt. See, we can have joy in this season because of him. But I think it looks like our church, our people, preparing Preparing to be good news in the neighborhood. Preparing to bring Jesus, whose flesh and blood moved in the neighborhood, to not only our families and to ourselves, but to our neighbors. I would love for you to know this Christmas that we celebrate knowing that God, is, that God knows you, that God loves you, and that God is pursuing you this Christmas. I'd love to pray with you. God, thank you for who you are. That, that we need you to be with us this Christmas. That it looks different, it feels different. I know this year has been tough. It's been tough on me. Father, that, that would you help me to have joy this Christmas? Joy found in you. Would you help me process or deal with a bad attitude? to deal with the sorrow, the grief of this past year. Father, would I find my identity and my faith in you? And when that produce in me this Christmas, as I celebrate the thing that truly matters, it's you, would it produce joy in my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.